You ready? I'm Lisa. And I'm Kelly. And this is Bad at Boundaries, the podcast where we share personal stories about setting boundaries, healing, and growing into the people we want to be. Get ready to laugh, sigh, and draw the line with us. Super easy first take. John wanted me to ask you if you wanted to come over for dinner after this. Oh, You're invited. You're invited for dinner if you feel like food, but yeah, I don't know what he's cooking. If I don't have to make it, it's an A-plus dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. I think so. All right. Okay, Lisa, where did you draw the line this week? So, okay, this week, it isn't so much drawing the line for me. It's stepping over the line. Like, Ooh. I know I was working on that on the drive over here, <laughs> silently in my head. Um, no, so I feel like... It's really funny that we're recording this today. Mm-hmm. And we did not plan it like that. So what we're going to talk about today is stepping over the line of your comfort zone and what happens when you take that leap of faith. And obviously we're like, I think we're about two or three weeks ahead, mm-hmm. like a recording schedule versus what goes out. And today, literally about three hours ago, we published our first episode. Our like, very first <laughs> podcast episode is out in the world. We are podcasters now, which is really something I never thought I would hit. And like this this moment right now, like where, where we're at right now, three hours is still super fresh. But to me, it's like a culmination of the last few months of my life mm-hmm. and this journey outside of my comfort zone. And to be honest, I never thought... I would take a leap of faith like that. Like right now, everyone on TikTok is doing the whole like, because it's like the three years since the pandemic kind of was declared and a big thing. And it's like all these things that like March 2020, me would not believe that like I'm just doing now. And I never had podcaster on that bingo card of life. Like I never thought I would be doing this. I never thought I would have the courage to do this. And I feel so much of my in quotes post pandemic life has been about finding the sense of purpose and being unapologetic with going after it mm. and that's new for me yeah <laughs> very new i love that do we want to set the stage and share where we both were march 2020 oh i i would love to march 2020 well you go first you go first Uh, March 2020, I had just moved to a brand new city for a job in an industry I knew nothing about. Oh, yeah. I didn't know how to explain my job title to people. (laughs) I I had started the job in February, but I lived in an Airbnb to get to know the neighborhoods and figure out where I wanted to live. So I started a new job February 3rd, moved into an apartment, signed a year lease March 1st, Mm -hmm. and I went remote March 11th. So... (laughs) Three years ago today, mm-hmm. I had no idea what was happening. Like, I was, like, texting my mom being like, what happens if everyone gets laid off? Oh, my God, um, so scary. And so I didn't – I don't think I had any long-term goals. Yeah. I was – I had been in this mindset of mm-hmm. – I had spent four years as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I had – had like a well-planned exit out of that Mm -hmm. knew I wanted to do something different but landing my first job post-teaching was my main goal yeah so I was in the spot where I was like 
there was so much potential without any like solid action in some ways that's a good thing because I wasn't in a routine like Mm -hmm. there wasn't a routine to shake up when everything changed but I just kind of had to roll with it and I kind of had to give up any semblance of control mm-hmm. over trying to decide like what my life was going to look like Ugh. and just roll with it which sometimes I'm good at mm-hmm. but it can be hard yeah and like I, I feel like I relate so much to what you just said and that kind of feeling of like I don't really know what I'm doing but I you know like there's kind of no choice but to put everything on pause like that whole feeling of being like I don't know what comes next and I feel like everybody relates to that too god March 2020 what was I doing so I had just I just switched jobs Mm -hmm. like I so I had been working kind of like in this job it was it was cosmetic dentistry which can you think of like an industry that is so like I would never have guessed that for you never ever (laughs) so I basically looked for a sales job in an industry that I felt better about And I started working for a local magazine, which I won't name, Um, but they were essentially like a resource magazine for families and children who are going through mental health issues, Mm. um, getting out of abuse situations, uh, dealing with bullying, like things like that. And while all this was happening, like just when we were just starting to get the first little like tickle of COVID maybe coming to Canada, uh, I decided to move in with John on March 1st and 10 days later, we like I wasn't even unpacked and we couldn't go anywhere couldn't hang out with anyone else yeah couldn't see my parents couldn't see our friends couldn't go to work and I remember my boss was like we'll be back in in like two weeks and he said (laughs) that to me on March 7th and he was like you're gonna work remote for two weeks you know everybody makes the big deal of like dropping you know dropping off your stuff at work but also taking like what you need to work remote and by March 11th I no longer had a job like oh, wow. immediately just thought I don't even think that magazine exists anymore so like March 2020 me at that point I didn't even like I wasn't even a spiritual person at all and I was like yeah the universe just hates me like that's for sure it and to think about myself then and how pessimistic and negative and like determined to see the bad in the world I was like I don't think I would look at myself now and be like yeah, why are, like I wouldn't even recognize who I am yeah. like at all and in the spring of 2020 I remember it just being so easy to be angry on the internet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna throw in a Taylor Swift quote because I can't make it through an episode without it <laughs> I have but... to keep a tally of these because that's like our thing now <laughs> it's like how many Taylor Swift are... make your reference please Go yeah ahead. um so at the end of daylight there's a little bit of an outro where she says I want to be known for the things I love mm-hmm. not the things I hate yeah um, and I have been trying to take that to heart since then because mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to become loud because mm-hmm. you're fired up about something. Yeah. But I want what I put out to be reflected back at me. Yeah. So if I'm fired up in an excited way, mm-hmm. like that's what I want to share with people. Yeah, exactly. And like thinking back on myself then, and especially myself the last few years, the transformation from an angry bitter negative person to who I am now which I I don't think anyone who knows me would describe me using any of those words but that's what I was the first like year year and a half I was in a very bad place but at the same time I'm really thankful for all the challenges 
that the last few years have brought me not just the COVID stuff but like the general like growing up stuff and the life things and like you know trying out jobs and failing at them and I'm really thankful for all that struggle and all those screw-ups and all those things that I tried to do and failed because it all led me to what we're doing right now Mm -hmm. which is this little podcast which I know might not seem like a lot to other people but to me the fact that I'm even brave enough to be doing this is a very big deal yeah Okay, I'm going to continue on with the story. So how we got to this moment right now, and poor Kelly has heard me complain about this a million times over now, so I swear this will be like the last time I talk about the disaster that was my dream job. And it it doesn't have to be the last time. because (laughs) You're so nice to me. (laughs) If sharing this story means that people learn from it, Mm. I think it deserves to be told. Yeah. Again. And again. Thank you. Again, Kelly is so kind. So, so kind. But, okay, so long long and the short of it, I got this job in the outdoor industry running their social media department. And if you know me, that's a really good fit. And I think, too, the combination of, like, it was my first job that I wasn't working remote after the pandemic had hit. And I just felt so eager to really, like, do a great job and not waste the opportunity. And I worked so hard that I I burnt out in a way that I've never burnt out in, in my whole life. Like, I can't even describe. It, I was dealing with some really intense mental health issues because it felt like I had no life outside of work. Like, I wasn't seeing my friends. I wasn't seeing my family. Uh, I was barely seeing John, like, basically for 20 minutes before we went to bed. So, like, there was just no work-life balance. Um... <laughs> It's very dystopian to hear me describe this Mm -hmm. right now. Um, But somebody caught me crying, so I was working from home, and then John caught me screaming and crying, and he was like, what what is this? Like, you can't, Mm -hmm. this is not what a job should be doing to you. And just kind of him witnessing, like, me have a full-on panic attack and then just force myself to keep working, he was the one who was kind of like, okay, I need to really start monitoring your mental health. And, like, talking with him kind of came out that I was like I didn't even realize I was fantasizing about throwing myself down the stairs at work or getting into car accidents like on the way to work so I would be in the hospital and then I would get a break and like you know just just all this crazy stuff which is not normal for me that's not a normal thought like when you're having those kinds of intrusive thoughts Mm -hmm. it's not cool but when you're so far down that rabbit hole of like having your sense of purpose mm-hmm. tied to your work output, mm-hmm. it's so hard to get out of that cycle. And that was exactly it. My whole sense of purpose was that job. And it it wasn't like it was giving anything back to me other, other than money. I didn't have this emotional fulfillment like I, I was really craving before the pandemic. I didn't really feel like I was making a difference in the world. I was making a difference at this company because I was working really hard and getting results and like doing really well on paper there. But like mentally, I was not okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I couldn't figure out why, like why, why wasn't it working? And something I've been trying to do um, that John kind of guided me to was like, really feel your feelings. Like when you get upset or you're freaking out or having a panic attack, like localize it within your body, try to trace it back through like your psyche and like just figure out why you're feeling this way instead of just feeling it. And um, I ended up realizing, I ended up realizing that the reason I wasn't physically feeling okay was because of this job. And the second mm-hmm. I, I had that realization was like 
this big brain like explosion in my mind and I was like oh my god I'm unhappy in my relationship because I never see John Mm -hmm. because I'm always working I feel so lonely because I'm not seeing my friends or my family because I'm always working like I'm gaining weight because I never have the energy to eat like a well-cooked meal so I'm always eating fast food or I'm like skipping breakfast I'm exhausted because I'm so stressed but work like I just had this big brain moment of like oh my god my job is what's wrong like that is the big thing that's a miss and then I went through this whole thing of like but this is supposed to be my purpose and like it's supposed to be my dream job and like how can it not sit right with me and it ended up taking me I spent the like next month just sitting around at my desk at work being unable to get anything done because it was like everything in my body was having like that fight or flight response of like I don't want to do this I don't want to be here I I can't do it. I think the best lesson that I learned in my 20s was like really similar that Mm -hmm. that my teaching job had its whole other (laughs) different set of work-life balance of any teachers out there I highly respect you Um, the summers off were were just not worth it for me in the end and I kind of knew that going in because student teaching burnt me out um oh wow we'll save this story for another time but I skipped a semester of university to go to Thailand with a friend good for you well we'll come back to that (laughs) in another episode but yeah yeah and then I landed my first job outside of teaching and I had so much imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. because I had gotten that job through um, a referral from a friend, someone I'd gone to high school with, Mm -hmm. and I felt like I had to justify why I was there. And the hilarious thing was I was working in a customer success role where all of my customers were professors. They're all in the education space. So I had directly relevant experience, Mm -hmm. and I had been teaching on Zoom for years mm-hmm. at the at the small private school I was at so I had directly relevant experience to my customers especially when everything went online and everyone was scrambling oh yeah um, because I'd been through those experiences I was so I had so much imposter syndrome that I was just so excited to get a job mm-hmm. and then I was so scared of getting laid off when mm-hmm. everyone around us was was going through that in, in March 2020 mm-hmm. that I just threw myself into work mm-hmm. and you couldn't see people in person so in a weird way like work Zoom calls became like socialization <laughs> which oh, sounds God. so sad now but I fully wrapped up my identity in my productivity at work which Mm -hmm. is not healthy and went through like a couple different roles like I learned so much at that job so Mm -hmm. um there there were good parts to it as well Mm -hmm. um but I was just really lucky that I was in um a coaching program Mm -hmm. shout out catalyst coaching corner shout out (laughs) (laughs) they're wonderful um But one of my coaches just straight up said to me, um, like when I was talking about feeling burnt out and Mm -hmm. not feeling like my voice was heard, Mm -hmm. I felt like there was a high amount of expectation without Mm -hmm. actually having any autonomy to do what I needed to do. Yeah. My mentor at the time was like, well, if you got a concussion and couldn't show up to work tomorrow, Mm -hmm. your company would figure it out without you. Yeah, they would. And that was like the best news that I needed to hear at the time Mm -hmm. just understanding that you are replaceable Mm -hmm. that you are like have worth Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and you're replaceable and that exists at the same time yeah um so I stopped feeling or I stopped weighing myself down with perfectionist tendencies mm-hmm. but I had let my work-life balance and and boundaries get so t- bad that mm-hmm. I had there was no way I could turn things around at that job yeah and I tried I also I think had this like internalized misconception that Mm -hmm. I just like wasn't hireable because I didn't have enough direct relevant experience (laughs) and then Kelly you're the most I would hire you to do anything like you were so professional yeah well and (laughs) I actually turned down job offers when I finally like jumped the gun and started applying Mm -hmm. I had like many more interviews than that for all the interviews I didn't move forward in I could learn from Mm -hmm. and again I was in this coaching this free coaching program Mm. where I could debrief like what I talked about what kind of questions were asked and then do better the next time I think also just I learned to be more confident about Mm -hmm. leveraging my network and just casually putting feelers out Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to get fired but I knew I needed to change things up because I, it was getting to a point where I was like, I'm going to be, I don't want to be the toxic person in the office. Exactly. And if I don't have it in me to be fully excited, like mm-hmm. if I'm too jaded about this project, which mm-hmm. initially was really cool, mm. then sometimes the best thing you can do is just leave space for mm-hmm. someone else who might have different capacity, might have a different mindset or way of thinking about problems. And I think just acknowledging the fact that someone could do things differently and that's okay is was really freeing for me and I feel like I feel like I eventually got there Mm -hmm. like but I definitely looking back on the situation now like I can see I really I was so burnt out that I had that like jaded feeling and Mm -hmm. I, I honestly did become kind of like the toxic person in the workplace just because I was so like I was not like myself. I couldn't see the sunny side to anything. Like, I was not the positive, happy person that I know I am. Even what you mentioned about, like, sometimes you need to have the confidence Mm -hmm. to take that leap of faith. Um, I didn't have that. And I found that, you know, when you find yourself in a situation where it's like, it's clear it's not working, it's not aligned with you anymore, and you need to let it go, there are essentially two options you you have. You can either take the leap of faith and let it go and trust that whatever is meant for you is going to slide right in and take its place. Mm-hmm. Or you can sit with it a while longer and have the universe prove it to you that it is no longer aligned with who you are and what you need to do. And in this case, I started by choosing the second option of, well, I'm too big of a loser. This was supposed to be my dream job and it's not. So I guess I'm just never going to find what I want to do ever. And I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be miserable. And lo and behold, the second I like refused to let go of the job because I was too scared of what would happen when it was no longer literally destroying my life. Mm -hmm. My job got 10 times harder. Uh, Do you want to hear? what happened in January um every route that I had to take to get to work or that I could possibly take all of a sudden overnight had construction on it so it was 10 times harder to get to work and when I say every route I could possibly take I lived 10 minutes away from my office all of a sudden overnight it was a 45 minute commute 
I can't explain that. It became 10 times yeah. harder to get to work. And we already have a running joke in Edmonton that mm-hmm. our two seasons are winter and construction. And it was the middle of winter. But technology has advanced <laughs> to a point where it's just construction all the time. Well, and the thing that blew my mind is it's like it's January. Like January and February in Edmonton are the two coldest months of the year. Like without a doubt. Mm-hmm. It's stupid to start a new construction project when it's minus 40 outside. And yet all of a sudden, like every way I could have taken to get to work suddenly had construction yeah um oh yeah i had to change there was this big hullabaloo where because new people were joining the team we all had to swap offices i got swapped to a way worse office that actually had a squishy point in the floor where the floorboards were rotted underneath and my boss told me yeah just don't put any weight on that and i was like it's literally <laughs> in the middle of my office <laughs> like what am i supposed to do um my workload like, did, uh, did- occupational health and safety assess this for you no but i took lots of videos of me poking the floor so if there was ever a wcb claim i would have like a record (laughs) you would have evidence but (sighs) that also just shows like how Mm -hmm. how much you needed to get out there yeah that you were thinking about wcb being your best bet oh they started painting outside my office too so it smelled like paint every day for like three weeks because it took them that long to paint four offices or six offices whatever it was so i had a migraine all the time i literally like okay i just lost my mind one day and i typed up my resignation letter Mm -hmm. and i had it typed up and printed off for Mm -hmm. two weeks and i just sat on it because I was so scared of what what was going to happen when I finally handed it in. I just felt like, you know, this is supposed to be your dream job. Maybe you're just too lazy to make this work. Like, I had a thousand reasons why I was terrible. And I couldn't just let myself be like, you just need to let it go. Who cares if you don't have money or, you know, X, Y, Z. Like, you're going to figure that out after you exit this situation. It took me a very long time to get there. And you know, the final, John and I watch Scandal every Thursday. Like, Mm -hmm. this is how this all came about. We are watching an episode of Scandal, and at one point, someone is yelling at somebody else, like, don't be a little bitch baby. Like, if you you want something, like, stop being a little bitch baby. And that was the advice you needed in that moment. And literally the next day, I set up a meeting with my boss, and then I took, like, I don't know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Actually, no, let's get real. It was like an hour beforehand. I was pacing in my office, carefully avoiding the squishy spot and saying to myself, all right, you need to quit. Is this going to be the rest of your life? Are you going to be a little bitch baby and just let this happen to you? That's a good pep talk because I I had to give myself an ultimatum, which really I don't recommend in all situations, but Mm. my friend and I, went on a we had a two-week trip in mm-hmm. November mm-hmm. and even then I was on vacation for two weeks and I checked my email like every three days just Mm-mm. because I felt guilty about holding up other people yeah so I was like if I can answer an email quickly so I would give myself a time limit at least mm-hmm. but looking back I was like that's so unhealthy it is yeah while we we're on that two-week trip I interviewed for another role. Thankfully, my aunt and uncle lived in the area we were oh, road nice. tripping. So I could do an interview from my aunt's home office mm-hmm. and look somewhat professional. So in those two weeks, I interviewed for a different job, mm-hmm. um, actually got a job offer, and found out I got a promotion at my existing job. <laughs> so I decided to go with the promotion. Yeah. And 
give it six months to see how things went. Mm. I was interviewing for, this is in November, like mid-November. Yeah, I remember this. I was interviewing for new roles by February. Holy. And I, I actually had two competing offers yeah. um, and accepted my now job in the middle of, or the beginning of May. So like That's almost crazy. six months to the day. I think sometimes when you open yourself up to mm-hmm. the idea that there are other possibilities and mm-hmm. alternate realities available to you, yeah. then sometimes those opportunities start popping up. Yeah, and I feel like for me, I just remember being so scared to just quit, even though I knew it was the right thing to do. I was so scared of the, like, well, what comes next? Like, if I take this big leap of faith, because, like, full context, I quit my job, and uh, two out of three of my credit cards were almost completely maxed out. I had $600 in my savings account, and I we were living pretty much, like, paycheck to paycheck. Like, John, John is in school right now, and it was really important to me to support him. Mm-hmm. And I thought that by sticking it out at this job... Mm-hmm. that was what I was doing it's like I'm supporting you like it's time for me to take care of you he took care of us throughout the whole pandemic like I just wanted to give that back to him and then after we had that conversation that day I, I worked from home I kind of realized like oh my god I'm hurting him by being this like checked out of our lives of my own life like I am hurting him I'm doing all this damage it also kind of sounds like you were treating, like, trading being the breadwinner as, like, mm-hmm. almost like a transactional thing. Yeah. Like, you owed it to him to take your turn. Absolutely. But in a partnership, like, mm-hmm. you, like, things ebb and flow. Like, it's mm-hmm. not about having things be equal. Yeah. It's about finding equity and figuring out what works for you. Yes, exactly. So, honestly, I was shaking like a leaf when I walked in to like hand my resignation to my boss and like full disclosure, I had other opportunities come up and like right before all this happened, I had like some financial stuff come through. So I wasn't like completely screwed over. I knew I would have enough money to like keep us afloat. You know, now it's been mm-hmm. a month. We I have like another couple months in me before I start, shit starts hitting the fan. Let's say that. Fingers crossed this podcast is a huge success <laughs> by the time that happens. Yeah. Because you didn't know you had a safety cushion at that point. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really know. Like I knew like stuff was coming in, but I didn't know how much it was and how like secure it was going to be and yada, yada, yada. So the second I left that office, I like felt a physical weight leave my body and it was like that feeling alone like that was the most intense high I've ever had in my whole life like that feeling of being like it's over like it's done the decision has been made and it's like I could feel all that negative energy just leave me and like whether that's an amazing life lesson for our listeners is putting yourself first Mm -hmm. is like the best Mm-hmm. Like, whatever vices you picked up, mm-hmm. everyone had something they were leaning on in 2020, but uh, yeah, sometimes you just got to put yourself first, and yeah, even if, if it's really easy to feel guilty about doing that, especially mm-hmm. leading up, but then you can't argue about how good that makes you feel after. Yeah, well, my friend uh, Desiree, hi Des, um, her and I, we kind of took the leap at the same time. We both quit our jobs and I just got back from visiting her in Victoria. And like, while we were both there, we were both like, fuck, like what comes next now? Like, I mm-hmm. I don't know. And I our like little saying for the five days I was there was, 
you know, we're, we're just betting on ourselves now. It's mm-hmm. not that we're unemployed. We're just taking a bet on ourselves. And it's not that we're like le- we took the leap and now we're in a free fall. We're just betting on ourselves. Like we're betting we're going to hit the ground OK mm-hmm. and it's going to be all right. And it's it's wild to me how since I ended in my two weeks notice, it was like instantly the world flipped and felt like it was back on my side again. And I haven't mm-hmm. felt this way since before the pandemic hit. The day I quit, I think the next time I drove to work, like my construction on my regular standard route was gone. Like so it was the just gone. universe was like literally <laughs> putting obstacles. Yeah, they were path. like literally just don't go into work. Just turn around and stay home. Yeah, all the construction cleared. Um, uh, within the week, I found like a bunch of random money that I had stashed in a purse and had completely, I found like $400 my first week. Pocket money like, is the best money. And it was like, I think I was telling you this, it was like grandma money. Where it was like, I don't I don't walk around with $100 bills. I'm lucky if I have a five on me at all times. Mm-hmm. I, like, that's not something regular. I opened up a purse, and there's, like, $100 bill here. I go into a jacket I haven't worn since last year. There's, like, another $100 there. I'm like, what? Who? Why? Like, yeah, like, I'm excited <laughs> if I have a 20 on me. I know. If I have $20, I'm like, what do you want from Safeway? Like, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> we are going to the chocolate bar aisle. And, like... You know, ever since I left that job, like, you know, I've started this pod. It's only been a month. We've started this podcast. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about doing it for how long, Kelly? Since October? August, I August. think. August was when we first had the idea. Yeah. And it's gone through several different incarnations and, like, forms until we arrived here. But w- I don't think we would have started it if I had still been working there. I have, like, a side business that I'm now doing, social media. Um, I like just finished a gig doing that the other day, like helping out my friend and getting to see him doing some social media work for him. I'm creating more. I'm currently writing two books, which is insane to me to think about. That I can't wait to read. Oh my God, don't put that pressure on me. Um, Hopefully they're good. I'll read at least one of them eventually. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. your timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. That comes down to, like, when I... I feel like I'm in this whirlwind of, like, creative energy and, like, good Mm -hmm. stuff. And, like, content creating again, which I love. Like, that's just my favorite thing. And I don't know. The reason why I wanted to talk about The Leap of Faith is this this podcast starting now and going live now, it feels like the first time my feet have touched the ground since I took that leap. Like, I, Mm -hmm. I feel myself, like, getting more grounded and being, like, okay... All these ideas now are no longer just floating in your head. Like, I have the business. I have the books, which are now, like, being drafted and actively worked on. I just hit a 1,000 followers on TikTok, which I will brag about forever because that feels so huge to me. (laughs) Um, I just feel, like, really great. And I thought I would have more regrets or be more scared because, like, the money stuff isn't still, like, sorted out yet. And, like, that's a little bit of a tighter squeeze. But I just have this trust that, like, it is going to work out. It is going to be fine. And the reason why is because I actually give a shit about myself. I'm betting on myself now. And, like, I believe that I have what it takes to figure it out instead of being stuck at my desk with my mushy floored office being like, I'm such a big loser and this crappy job is what I deserve, you know? Yeah, it's just been, it's been a really wonderful change of pace in life. Like I find myself every single day just being so, so grateful that I Mm -hmm. did that. And I, I honestly feel like mentally I'm in the best place I've been since I was like 
in junior high and didn't know I needed to be self-conscious about anything yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, elementary school. <laughs> Let's get real. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I just feel really good. I feel really happy. And I feel like if anybody listening to this is at all, like, wishing they could take that leap themselves. Do it. Absolutely do it. Like, I could fill, I could honestly fill a book. And I probably will fill a book mm-hmm. about how amazing it is when you bet on yourself and take the leap and just have that blind trust that like I am smart enough to figure this out I'm smart enough and special enough to live life on my own terms and you know stop playing small like there's no need to it's Mm -hmm. your life like you are in control like I know there's all those bullshit like tiktokers who are like you create your reality and like you can manifest this reality they're just talking about making choices that feel good to you Like, they're just talking about living your life in a way that feels authentic to you and not putting up with shit that doesn't fit who you are at all. This has been a great lesson in that, for sure. Okay, I think this is a good place to wrap it up and draw the line. So, um, if people remember one thing or take away Mm -hmm. one piece of advice from this episode, what would you want to leave them with? Just jump. Worrying about what to do and worrying about what decision to make it's just suffering twice that that's all it is like get release yourself from that stress if you relate at all to what I was talking about with like the mental health stuff that's a sign that you don't want to be doing that anymore and it it doesn't matter all the reasons not to do something there's always going to be a million reasons not to do anything best reason is that you want to do it like Mm -hmm. you want to do it it feels good step off the cliff dive head head first you're still going to land on your feet I think also like no one has their shit together oh absolutely not like the older you get the more you get you I think I've understood that people are figuring things out because we live in a world that changes quickly so I think the one of the best lessons that I've learned um from just like letting myself make mistakes Mm -hmm. is that once I started like being a little bit more vulnerable and like acknowledging my mistakes and like having accountability for them Mm -hmm. I started to have, like, really good conversations with other people that were like, oh, like, I've been there too. Oh, yeah. Um, So I think just avoiding perfectionism Mm -hmm. and just being honest and and owning that you are human, which means you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do cool things too. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes you have to make those mistakes to figure out how to do cool things. And you know what? Mistakes are the most fun part. Like, That's what makes people interesting. Yeah, like I want to hear all the ways you've screwed up at one point or another because I bet you have a really good story out of it. And I bet it's something that you're still like, oh man, remember that one time I tried XYZ? Like that was cool. Yeah. You know? Core memories are not made when everything went perfectly. <laughs> yeah, they certainly are not. Yeah. yeah. Um, really quick, is there anything you want to plug? Do you want to tell people to follow you anywhere? Oh yeah, we launched Instagram and TikTok, so we're at Bad at Boundaries Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, I'll be posting on there. Kelly will be posting on there. Um, I'm going to shamelessly plug my personal TikTok. Um, So you can follow me on TikTok at Littlest Beer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And all my accounts are literally my name. So if you feel like finding me, you can. It's kelly dot mcgillis right yeah Yeah. everywhere yeah um we have a website badatboundaries.com we have this fun little submissions tab so if you want to tell us about a time that you felt really good setting down a boundary breaking down a barrier etc etc let us know if you also want help 
laying down a boundary or want to hear from us regarding XYZ, um, that's the way to do it. So it's badatboundaries.com. I think it's submissions because I couldn't think of a better name. <laughs> um, but we're going to be adding tons of cool stuff to our website once I figure out how to do it. We're going to have a Kelly's like bookshelf corner because Kelly loves to read and mm -hmm. needs all the recommendations <laughs> you have for her. Um, in time, Kelly, we will have merch. We just need to say something <laughs> funny to put on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we need a tagline. Mm -hmm. It'll come. It has to happen naturally. It'll happen. It'll happen. All right. I'm drawing the line. Yeah, let's draw the line here. Bad at Boundaries is a podcast created by Lisa Hennig and Kelly McGillis. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad at Boundaries. Thanks for listening.